I, I wouldn't change it. Like I put everything that I had. I wasn't like, oh, like we're gonna lose. Like so, I'm not gonna. Like I worked really hard, and and probably as the year got longer, I worked even harder, and and it was worth it. Like I I love doing it, and I love pouring into kids, and and so in the end, when the season was over, like it it was it was tough. Um, even though we hadn't won anything, like we like giving my heart away for free, knowing the end that it might get broken was was a great lesson for me. What's up, people? Welcome to the Dear Young Athlete Podcast, where we talk with coaches and athletes about their journeys and what advice they would give to a younger version of themselves. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson. You can call me JT. If you want to hear my story, why do this, that's episode number one. But enough about me. Today, I have a very special guest. The man joining me today, he is a husband. He's a former collegiate football and baseball player. He is a head high school football coach and a high school baseball coach. He actually was my baseball coach in high school. That's where we met, and I have a funny story about that later. Um, this man is um, a man of God, and I loved being coached by him, and I'm looking forward to this episode. So without further ado, Chris Pulford. Pulford, how are you feeling? I'm uh, feeling all right. Feeling all right. We just got done with practice, and so I'm, uh, I just downed a little bit of water, and now I'm ready to go. I love it. Well, we will jump in. Um, you played college football and baseball. Now you're a coach. But where did it all begin for you? How did you fall in love with, with playing sports? Yeah, my, uh, my, my parents really never pressured me into going into sports. Uh, I remember as – I don't remember this specifically, but uh, in 1991 – well, I do remember a lot of specifics. 1991, the Twins were in the World Series, and my mom was cutting out every single article possible, and I had it in, like, a folder. It was, like, one of these folders that had, like, a rear-view mirror on it so you could see yourself in it anyway. Uh, so she was cutting out all of the articles, and Kirby Puckett was my favorite player, and uh, they ended up winning. And the story goes – I don't remember this part specifically, but the story goes that as soon as they won the last game, I, I told my dad, I was like, hey, can we go out and play catch? Um, and I had never played sports before. My dad was like a three-sport athlete in high school. He played football in college a little bit um, and played like I grew up going to his softball games and and uh, touch football games and stuff, but I had never really started. And so when the Twins won the World Series, that was kind of like my first entry into sports. I was like, hey, I want to go do that. And so that mm. was super cool. So very vivid memory for me. Wow. And that is unique for sure. Um, I remember my family was big into tennis and we would watch like Wimbledon on TV. And I felt like if I went out and played after that, I would play way better. Be like, <laughs> I want to hit it. Just Getting all the shots. <laughs> yeah. So then you you play catch with your dad. You have this moment. Um, yeah. What happened? I actually got a black eye. 
<laughs> the first time so i'm playing catch we used to play catch with tennis balls and then um after a little while like my neighbors were like oh you're, you're good enough for a baseball and like the first throw boom black guy and so i go in the house and i got a picture my parents still have a picture of me like with a baseball bat sitting in the corner with this black guy um and then uh we went my i was like all right dad i need to go play catch catch again it was dark out and he's like faking he's like throwing pop-ups and i'm looking at it and then all of a sudden he like fakes a pop-up and throws it (laughs) and throws it at me it's dark out i can't see smokes me right in the same black eye um and we just kept going like it hurt but i was like whatever like let's can we just throw pop-ups now though? <laughs> so then started playing, uh, like I actually started playing soccer and then played baseball and then basketball, I think started. And then once I got to high school, uh, I, I played soccer my whole life and then kids were like making fun of me and they're like, you're the only kid that's going to play soccer, basketball, and baseball. Like you need to play football. And I was like, fine. So I go out and play football my first year as a freshman and I'm playing quarterback, but I was playing defensive back. And I come up and make a tackle on this huge kid. And I fractured my shoulder. Mm. First game. <laughs> and my mom was like, I knew you should have kept playing soccer. <laughs> and so, so I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school. Loved it. Um, never really got a bunch of time off. And, and like my wife now is like, oh, you always, you're always doing stuff. And I was like, well, in high school, from my sophomore year on, I had like maybe two weeks of break time because we were, we were decent in some sports and, and like it went from sport to sport to sport. And um, so I, I love doing that. Got to be on a really good basketball team my senior year. Um, made the state tournament my junior year in football and in baseball. We made the state tournament in the summer three times in a row. And so um, got to be decently successful. Got to play with some really good players. And, and so my time at um, Richfield High School, was, it was really fun. So – Backing up a little bit, um, you play soccer your whole life and then they, they put you at QB one. Like, (laughs) what is that like? Yeah. So it was really weird. Like I had always played, like we played football in the park and stuff like that. And I played baseball growing up. And so I would, uh, I always had a decent arm. And, and so like, it was just kind of a natural position, I think for me, like I, that's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to be anywhere else. And so, um, I mean, it's still just freshman football. Like it's not that big a deal. And so you're not playing like varsity football or I wasn't playing varsity football as a freshman. And so, um, I really didn't play football until my sophomore year because I fractured my shoulder in the right. first game. So like I had two weeks of actual practice and then I fractured my shoulder. <laughs> so have you like watched football or like play Madden or you knew yeah, what you understood? Uh, not really. I like, I, I mean, I don't think football is that complicated of a game when you, when you look at it, like there's a lot of complicated things and you can, you can get as complicated as you want, but like you're snapping the ball and you're throwing the ball and you're running the ball and yeah. gotta obviously have guys to block. And so like, as a freshman, I don't know all the, you know, the minute details of steps and turns and throws and like all those things. It was just like, Oh, I got to throw it to that guy. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, Maybe and, that even uh, helps. That maybe even helped you just simplify you know and not overthink it yeah you know because i mean in in freshman football we had a coach that really did a good job of just simplifying things like um there's not that many routes there's not many things that you have to do as a quarterback and i think our offense was pretty easy to learn 
Um, and I, and I wanted to learn it. So like, I, I spent time like trying to understand and, and like I had watched football growing up and like my dad was a football player. And, and so mm-hmm. he, it was interesting. He never really like said anything. Like he never made me play football, never made me like switch sports. Um, like he was a coach for us growing up, but like he was like, we never talked really about that stuff when we were at home. It was just like, Hey, we're, we're playing sports. That's not the biggest thing in your life. So. Mm. Wow. So did you miss soccer? Um, I'm the only, the only thing that I maybe missed soccer for was like, there was a couple of my buddies that I had played growing up with that made the varsity team their freshman year, our freshman year. And I was like, yeah, I think I could have done that. Um, and, and there's no real benefit. Like there was no real benefit to that. It's just like, Oh, you get to say that you're a varsity soccer player. So, yeah. So you play football, basketball, baseball, have what sounds like good teams, good seasons, what does yeah. um, looking for college start to become? Yeah, I knew that I always wanted to play sports. Um, and, and I think there's a time in every athlete's like life where whether you are honest with yourself or not, um, and, and some of your athletic journey, I think, depends on that is like being honest with yourself and figure out like where you are. Um, like in basketball, like I was a good basketball player. I wasn't our star. Like I was, I was a starter on our team. We were we, we were number one in the state the whole year, my, my senior year, and, and we were a good team. And I played with three division one players, which made it a lot easier to be a basketball player. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in, in that, when I was maybe in sixth or seventh grade, maybe ninth grade, I, I don't know when it was, but I went to a Timberwolves game and we went down on to like towards the court to like watch warmups. We had seats and probably like the nosebleeds, but we got there early to watch warmups and and I remember Steve Kerr running off the court playing for the Bulls or who, who maybe he was playing for the Spurs then. Um, and I'm like, whoa, dude, you're huge. And he was a role player in the NBA. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm an okay basketball player, but this dude's massive and he's got an elite skill. Like basketball is probably not it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so like I knew like I wanted to play and like I thought about even playing in college a little bit, but like I knew I wasn't like a division one basketball player. Like I, I, that, that, that one was the earliest, I think the latest, the latest, like, and then like I'm watching Boise state, they were really good when I was like junior, senior in high school. And, and they had like upset some teams. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll walk on at a place like that, you know? And I was a decent football player, but like, I had no clue. And, but then I kind of realized when I got to Bethel that I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, these dudes are really good. Hmm. Um, and I think baseball was like the last one to kind of go in terms of having the realization that I wasn't like a professional player. Hmm. Um, I think I had some, like some tools and things, but like, it, like hitting, like it's, I, I played with a kid in high school that was probably the best player I played with and he made it to the double um, A and hmm. Like I remember talking to him and I was like, you know, why'd you give it up? He's like, dude, I didn't give it up. <laughs> I can't, I'm watching, I'm, I'm facing hit it. Like he faced like a Roldis Chapman who was throwing like a hundred miles an hour. He's like, I couldn't see it. Any, like I couldn't see the ball. And he's yeah. like, it wasn't a terms of, and that's where I think kids a lot of times think, well, you just try harder. Like mm-hmm. some people have gifts that I didn't have. And, and there are some places where maybe if I did a little bit extra work or something, but like, it was always, like I, I kind of knew when the dream was like not crushed, but like, Hey, this is where you can go and you're, you're going to do a great job of that. And that's, that's a fun thing too. Hmm. 
So you said Bethel. How do you end up at Bethel in that? Yeah, so like I was thinking, oh, I'm going to walk on somewhere. I'm going to walk on somewhere. I knew I always wanted to play. It was kind of, I, I knew I always wanted to play a sport in college because I just thought that would be super fun. Um, and I went to actually a Bethel football camp as a senior um, and met some of the coaches and they started kind of recruiting me pretty good. And my sister had gone to Bethel and I figured, okay, well, if I'm going to go to Division three, I want to play football and baseball. I want to do it at a place that shares my faith. And so like, sc- like schools all over the Mayak, like recruited me and, and a couple other places and even some for basketball. But I was like, I want to play, I think I want to play football and, and, and baseball. I think those are the two that I'm the best at. Um, and I want to do both. And so that option I think was available to me most in a Mayak school. Um, mm-hmm. And then specifically, like I didn't want to go to Concordia or like I wanted to go to a place that was faith-based and, and that was Bethel. Yeah. So were they they looking at you at quarterback? Because did you play defense in high school too? <laughs> I played a little defense. My senior year, I played like of like three or four possessions of defense because they're like, all right, we can't get you hurt because we didn't really have anybody else. But um, <laughs> one of the, those possessions, I separated my shoulder, <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, you're done. You're done playing. You're done playing uh, defense. Uh, at Bethel, they recruited us. They, they actually, we, I think on the team that I came in on, I think there were seven quarterbacks, seven high school quarterbacks. Um, and only one of us stayed at that position. Uh, there was a couple guys that, that moved into corner and safety, like right away. Um, I played, um, I played quarterback until I think either midway through my freshman or junior or sorry, midway through my sophomore year or junior year. I can't remember. I think it was my, my sophomore year. And then they ch- changed me over to uh, uh, safety. So nice. I wasn't super pumped about the move right away. Cause I was like, what the heck? And yeah. then I was a little, like, I, I, I was a little, a little miffed because like my buddies got to have four years of defense. And I thought like I, I, got, I was kind of behind the eight ball. Cause I was like, why didn't you switch me right, right away? And then they kind of told me like, we were still looking at you to see if you could be like our starter. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was nice. But then like looking back, it's been so beneficial to me as a coach to have played both sides in college in both offense and defense. Cause now like my understanding, like I'm not some wizard, but um, I, I feel like I understand the game a lot more being able to have done done that yeah so talk a little bit about um the glory days you know football and baseball when do you crack the lineup and and what you know what kind of teams did you guys make a run etc yeah so football my freshman and sophomore year we weren't very good um, I didn't make the travel scout squad until maybe the midway through when I started playing defense, um, my sophomore year, uh, and then junior year I actually kicked, <laughs> I was like our extra point and field goal kicker. Cause I had kicked in high school and I was, I was pretty decent at it. Um, and they're like, Hey, can anybody do this? Cause they hadn't recruited, they couldn't get a recruit. And so I, I kicked, I was a, a field goal kicker and my buddies made fun of me because I, I kicked the field goal and then I would run back to the like the kickoff team but I wasn't on the I wasn't the kicker I was like uh I was a that went down to big tackles and so they would be like what the heck is this dude doing um so I kicked my junior year and we were pretty good we we made the playoffs got a little bit of defensive time but not much um 
had some really good safeties that played ahead of me. And so I, I got to play a little bit, but not much. Um, played all the special teams, kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return, like did, did all those, uh, which was fun. And then my senior year, kind of the same role. Um, we picked up a kicker, so we didn't have, we didn't have, I didn't have to kick anymore, which was fine with me. Uh, but uh, my junior year, I bounced one off the goalpost to beat St. Thomas. So it was a 32 yard field goal. And I hit like a, I hit a 47 yard field goal in high school, but like 32, I hit it and it bounced off the goalpost and we won by three. Um, it, my junior year went in. Well, oh yeah, it went in, it so it hit the top of the goal, but like you know, like it hit the top of the goal or the like the bottom part, and then bounced <laughs> through. <laughs> and then I think Coach Jay was like, "Yeah, we need to get a different kicker." <laughs> but I never missed an extra point, so that that was part of it. Uh, and then my senior year was awesome. Like it was, it was maybe the most, best experience I've had in in sports. So we we made it to the national semifinals um, and played against a team called Mount Union. We played against two. Or we played against two National Football League players, so Pierre Garcon and Cecil Shorts. They're both receivers for uh, um, Mount Union. But that was an unbelievable year because not only were we successful on the field, it was just fun to go to practice. Mm-hmm. Like we we literally had we had fun at practice every day. We were working for each other. We loved our buddy or we loved our buddies. And those some of those guys are like they're still some of my best friends and I don't get to see them often anymore. Cause we all kind of have our separate lives and families and things like that. But like when we get together, it's kind of like we, we never skip a beat. And so um, I had an awesome time in football and uh, yeah, I remember, I still remember kind of walking off the field against Mount union at Mount union in the national semifinals. And I was like, I'm like, this is it. Like I'm done. Um, and that, and that was a tough moment for me. Uh, and then baseball, Baseball, I, I started a little bit my freshman year and then was a full-time starter my sophomore year in college, um, played right field. And then my senior year, I played played center field. So um, we, were, we were always just like one or two games out of the playoffs in, in the MIAC, so the top four teams make it. And we, we never could crack it, but we were, we were always pretty close. And, and again, same same thing, the camaraderie of the guys was, was awesome. And, and some of those guys are still some of my best friends too. Yeah. Was it hard for you balancing at all? Because, like, I know football, you have spring practice and then, like, workouts and all that. So, yeah, our, I think our I think our coaches did a good job of understanding because there was multiple guys that did that. So played with a couple guys, um, Kirby and Brandon Carr and then Jared Bangs. And then uh, I think that might have been all for the football, baseball guys. But they they, they knew that we were doing both and they they were – um happy to have us in both I think and and so in the in the fall we just kind of like my freshman year I would go and play fall ball because I, I didn't make the travel team and so on Saturdays when they were gone I went and played uh but then after my sophomore year like I, I never went to fall ball once um yeah. and then same thing for football so football we'd have practice and then I or we'd have baseball practice and then we had football practice at night at Mounds View and it was just like it and, you know, it could be a lot, but like, I loved it. Yeah. Cause it was so much fun to just get out there and, and, and play and play with the guys and, and beat around the guys. And so, um, I think some people would say that it was too much, but I would say like, I, I just loved it. It was fun. Yeah. I remember some of those like summer days in high school where you'd wake up, you go to football workouts then leave there, go to hockey camp, and then 
you know, go home, eat, put on your baseball stuff. Yeah. And go play a baseball game. And it's like, man, those those were the days. Because <laughs> there's a, a quote that I was looking through. I took it off of Instagram. And it's like Tim Kirkajan, which Kirkajan, or what, what, I can't remember. He's a baseball analyst for uh, ESPN. And he's like, you know, savor the times that you get to play baseball because when, when you're done, you, you will miss it. And, and it is for sure true. Uh, like, you know, I, I don't get to go out and compete much anymore in those things. And, uh, it, I, I do miss being able to do that. You know, the same thing, like wake up, go to strength training for football. Then I would go and, you know, go play a baseball game. And there were some times where I'd play the baseball game and then go to open gym at night for basketball. Like in, like, again, some people think that's crazy. And it was just like, that was so much fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you want to do it, you know, nowadays it's a little, you might have parents signing kids up for a million things. And it's like, but, but when it like, you just want to be there. Um, yeah, it's the best, the best time. Then you get older, you have bills, you have a job, <laughs> you have all this right. stuff. It's like, yeah, it's something for sure that I guess for anyone, um, a young athlete that would listen to this, it's yeah. like really cherish that because um, it's special and you are going to miss it even if you can't that alarm goes off and you don't want to get up, but it's, it's something special to do with, with your boys, with your friends Yeah, that you'll look back on forever. So, and it's hard and it's hard to know during the time. Like we, we say that to every, every class that comes in, you know, like seniors, like this is your last time, like enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. And then by the end, and I don't know if it's just being a teenager and you don't think it's going to end and you're invincible, kind of invincible, but like, it's really hard to quantify like this is this is all I got um and so and it it, and sometimes it's just like oh man coach was right (laughs) like it's gonna go fast um and and usually that's what ends up happening you know as as a teenager like you don't realize how and there's a rare kid that really so savors it and and soaks in the moment um there's been a couple kids on our sidelines that every once in a while catch like just kind of look in looking around I'm like what's going on he's like coach I'm just it's just a moment and yeah it, it's hard to do that because you know as, as a young kid you think everything's going to continue and then when it comes to an end it's 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 a tough one yeah so you mentioned um you know that last moment that you walk off the, the field you'll never put on shoulder pads again um and that being hard and then baseball obviously you still got to play one more year but then that ends so where do you go from there uh graduating done playing what's your your next step yeah i think i think football is more final than everything else because like you don't play pickup football like you can play touch football and we played a little bit of that it's just not the same because like the i don't i don't think it's like the taking off of the pads it's more of like you're not going to get to do this with your buddies anymore. Like these are buddies that I put in a lot of work with a lot of time, a lot of hard stuff. 
And, and that's over the course of four years. And then it's just done, you know? And, and so like taking off the pad, that's the realization is like, you don't get to be in that same like competitive environment as your buddies. And like, you're, you're with your friends all the time, but you're not in that same, same environment. And so I think that's what makes it special. And that's what makes it sad. Um, and then basketball, like I played pickup basketball, picked up basketball with friends. And so that was like, it was a dagger my senior year. Cause I thought we were going to be like state champions and we came up a little bit short. And so I cried then cried at the end of football at the end of baseball. Like I knew like I was going to play town ball in like two weeks. And so it was hard. Cause it's kind of the same thing as like, Hey, these, these are, I'm not going to be able to play with these guys anymore. And that's sad, but I knew that it was going to continue to go just a little bit further. Um, and so and you kind of get that a little bit with softball. Softball is not the same, but like I've been playing, I pick up basketball a little bit and, you know, every once in a while I'll get invited to a softball game. And so, you know, like that's the tough part, just not being with your buddies. But then moving on after that, I was like, all right, I don't want to be a football coach. <laughs> I want to, I want to maybe coach baseball and think about basketball. And, and so I um, took a year off and in that year coached at, uh, coached at Coon Rapids and then at Moundsview, coached basketball at Coon Rapids, baseball at Moundsview. That's when I met you. Uh, and then after that, like after that year, went out to the University of Washington um, and then came back and um, no, wait. So sorry, I, I graduated from Bethel and then didn't coach that year and then went to the University of Washington and then came back and coached you guys then went to Tulsa, did some coaching there, and then came back to, to Richfield. So pausing for the funny story. <laughs> you're, you're coaching me, you and uh, this other guy. Were you yep. guys friends? Yeah, Kirk Darling. Kirk, Kirk, yeah. Kirk played baseball with me at Bethel. Okay, yeah. And so and we're so, coaching JV baseball at Moundsview. Yeah. My first my, – I was a head coach for the first time. <laughs> And so one day we show up at practice and they're like, I think we had lost a game and they're like, you guys are soft. Like, yep, you guys were, you guys were so yeah. soft. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, we need to toughen you guys up. So Kirk is going to catch. And we're, we're like, Kirk's like a year out of college. I'm two years out of college. And so we're still like, Bruh we could do all yeah. this stuff so you pitch kirk catches and you guys trash talk the whole time and just blatantly like, openly yeah just me just like before the pitch comes like strike three just like <laughs> trying their absolute hardest again to get you mentally ready for future <laughs> games <laughs> So that must have been uh, fun for you guys. I know that you ended up beating me, uh, which I felt good about. I felt like I won. <laughs> you know, I got a free base, and I acted like it didn't hurt. So, so I'm pretty yeah. sure we probably – I think I struck out probably 15 out of 16 <laughs> batters that day. Yeah. I don't know that anybody got a hit. Hey. <laughs> I got I got first base, so you you got to hit and run. Yeah, hit and run to first base. Man, so I always, I mean, we'll we'll get into. Um, I would get I, I would probably get fired now for doing stuff like that. 
Probably. Especially at Mounds View. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I like. I still remember that though to this day, and um, remember being like kind of mad. Like <laughs> these guys are jerks, but like, like maybe it actually did help our team. And I remember that year, we had so much fun. Like, it was just – it was actually my last year of baseball. And, uh, yeah, and my two best friends at the time. That was all our our last year. And we, we still, to this day, like, when we get together, we reminisce about that. So, Kirk, Kirk and I had a blast. I remember, like, just being in the dugout and we just smiled a lot. Um, and, and you guys did, did awesome. And I think we improved throughout the year and, and got better towards the end. And, and so that was super fun. And like you said, we just, we had a blast. And even contrasting it, my sophomore year, we had a coach who won't be named, but, um, it was not very fun. Like he took it super serious and like, and I get that. Cause like, I'm, competitive and I want to win but like was always talking down to guys and like we would lose games and then he would make us run sprints on the field after we lost and all our parents are like waiting like that'll teach you that'll teach you to play better (laughs) let's run sprints after we just lost right I feel like it has to be yes you want to win you want to do good but it has to be fun and uh enjoyable and maybe with that like you can talk a little bit about your coaching philosophy that you take now yeah i I think kind of developed over the course of a bunch of years and and uh i i think i'm a different coach now than i was then um being being a head coach is a little bit more difficult at like a of a program is probably a little bit more difficult to to be that and so a lot of my assistants take on that role um i got to be a lot in the details and, and all those things mm-hmm. i think in basketball and baseball i get to be that same coach um and, and not that i'm i'm portraying somebody different um but like as as a head coach like i have to deal with discipline like i have to do all that stuff whereas an assistant coach or even a head jv coach like i can say hey coach this, this is what happened and then that he's going to have to make a decision or he, he or she. And, um, and so I think my philosophy is not only created by some of the coaches that I had, uh, that, that I love, but also created by some of the coaches that I had and, and, and didn't like as much. And so like learning from both, like learning things like, Hey, what I, if I become a head coach, like, this is what I want to do. This is not, not what I want to do. Uh, and so what, one of the things that we do in, at, at Richfield or like the Minnesota state high school league has you develop like a, 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 a purpose of why you coach. Um, and mine is, if I remember it, hopefully I better, uh, <laughs> it is, I, I coach, coach and teach to help students become people of integrity who selflessly serve others 
with determination while determining a, or with, with per- perseverance while determining a better future for themselves and others. And so mm-hmm. one of those things that's in there is like selflessness. And so I want to like show kids that I will do anything for them so that hopefully then they, that rubs off on them and they do anything for their teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to serve them and, and it's not unlike, and, and, and I know we'll get into some of this, but it's not unlike, like, I want to be, the the Jesus that they don't see and so being selfless to them is is a way for me to do that um in a public school setting I can't be like hey this is just like Christ would do like <laughs> that, that's not something right. that I can do and so um the the best that I can do there is is help hopefully show them that selflessness has rewards and selflessness is is better than being selfish um mm. I think there's definitely coaches that have put me on, on the path to where I am and, and, and what, why I chose to have that be my purpose statement. Uh, and then also just experiences and, and learning and realizing like, Hey, sports is awesome. And I want to be really good. And I want to, and, and I want to coach the best that I can. And it's also not the biggest deal um, yeah. in, in, in our world or in, in my life. And, and so I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to spend lots of hours doing it. And, and I'm going to try to make sure that our kids are doing great stuff. And then in yeah. the end, it's just, it's just kind of sports. And so I think that helps me like my first year, we were terrible at, when I was a head coach and we, we, we were 0 and 9. Like my record's been 0 and 9, 0 and 9, 1 and 8, 3 and 3, 4 and 4. So we got it kind of building, but like those first, first two years sucked and people would call me and they'd be like, you know, have you hit the knives in your house? I'm like, no, it's, it's just a football game. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. working really hard and I'm not seeing the fruits of my, our, our labor, like, but in the end, it's just, it's a game. And, and so I think a little bit of that has helped me to be, be a coach to kind of brush those things off. And I'm, it's not like I've lost competitiveness, but like you, you got to realize that it, it is just a game. Yeah. Well, it's cool even who you mentioned your dad, him being an athlete and a football player, but he didn't – or even him coaching, and he's coaching, but when you get home, he's your dad. And just seeing that example, I think it's cool to see how that has um, influenced your coaching and – Unfortunately, it can be the opposite, right? For sure. It can be like the parent cares about the sport more than they care about, you know, the person of. Yeah. And I don't think anyone intentionally does that, but it can creep in, right? And so I love that you, you coach basketball and baseball too. Yep. So I coached seventh grade this last year. I've the last three years I did seventh grade and then eighth grade and then back to seventh grade traveling basketball. Um, and then uh, I've been a varsity assistant coach for baseball for, uh, I think seven years. And then this last year I was the uh, JV assistant coach. Hmm. So you mentioned, you know, your coaching philosophy, your purpose statement, it comes from your faith in Christ. Even if you can't be in public school preaching or, you know, um, talk to me about your faith journey. Um, just 
growing up and kind of where it became more real to you and what it what it means to you now yeah um i so growing up i grew up in a christian household and went to church every every sunday and then we did like tree climbers which is like a christian version of boy scouts uh on on wednesdays i believe and then once I started going to church, we or we, we moved to Richfield and I started going to church like three hours a day or three hours, not a day, but on Sundays I would go to like, I'd go to like a, a youth group thing and then I'd go to Sunday school and then I'd go to choir practice. And I was like, oh, this is, this is like it, me just doing stuff uh, is, is what it means to be a Christian. Like I was there and doing stuff and, and being there on Sundays and, and, uh, doing all the right stuff. Cause you know, God doesn't like it when you don't do, when you do this or that. And, and so I didn't want to do this or that. And so I was trying to stay away from all the bad stuff and do all the good stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I thought my faith was growing up and, and didn't really know any different. And, um, and I can't remember how old I was, but I remember one day and I don't know if they had planned this or not, but my, we walked over my, my dad walked me over to one of my buddy's house and his dad was there. And, and we talked about, we were talking about baseball because we we're both on the same baseball team. And then at one point, I think the other dad said, so Chris, have you like accepted Jesus into your, into your life? And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, no, <laughs> like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, and, 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 and I don't remember this moment very clearly because it was probably a little bit of a blur. And, and I was like, no, but I like, is, what do you, what do you mean? What do you do? And he's like, well, you just got to kind of like talk to Jesus and say that you believe what he did. And like, I knew enough to, to know like what that in, in terms of like what he did dying on the cross for us. But I, I, I don't know that I fully comprehended that until probably sometime in college or even after like what that actually means um, and still learning what that means for me. Um, and so we were walking home and, and like I accepted Christ into my heart and, you know, like there's always this moment of thinking like, well, I'm going to be so different. <laughs> And, and I'm not. And, and so it was like, oh, okay, well, then, then I just keep doing the right things and avoid all the bad things. And um, I get to Bethel and, and or in high school, and, and I was known as a good kid. And uh, that was probably a good thing because I think people shielded me from some things that they're like, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, well, why can't I? And they're like, no, you're a good kid. You don't do this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and my friends were great in that because they, they probably did shield me from some things that I shouldn't have been doing. And, and, uh, and so I get to Bethel and I still think it's okay. Here's, I gotta have the rules and I gotta do this and I can't do that. And, um, start to learn a little bit. Maybe that's not what it's about, which was, which was a good thing for me. And, um, and so that's where I was at in my faith as I, I, I developed. And I think a, a big part of that was being a football player at Bethel and, and learning from some really good men that um, your faith isn't about being right and wrong. It's about having a relationship. And, and I don't know that I still, under, if I understood that yet, um, I think I had a different concept of like right and wrong isn't like doing good and doing bad. It's, it's not like that's what he's looking for, but it was still like, I was still putting it on like scales. Like if I do this good, and some bad, like it'll even out and I just need to be like on the good side at the end. Um, and that's kind of a simplification of what I thought the, my faith was, but. Yeah. Um, 
and so then then from Bethel, I I uh, I think I learned a lot more about who God was, but I didn't know who that was in in my own life yet, and and what that meant for me, and in terms of what Christ's sacrifice meant for me on on the whole. And so then, you know, kind of going through my faith and, and, and then the first time I'm really alone in my faith was in Oklahoma. So I went to teach for America and I'm in, I'm in a place where I don't really know many Christians and the people that I'm living with aren't. And, and, uh, it like some of the things that we went out and did just started to get old for me. Like we went out and we would go out and, and go to bars and restaurants and things like that. And, I was always kind of like the DD uh, and well, my friends were getting kind of smashed and I was like, you know, this just isn't that awesome. It's not that fun. And so I got old and I was like, all right, how can I seek people that believe like I do? And so I, I got involved in young life um, in Oklahoma selfishly. <laughs> I was like, I need to meet, meet Christian people that are my age. It, I it wasn't about the kids. It was just like, I need to find some Christian people. And in the end that, that was something that blessed me beyond imagine. Um, beyond my best imagination because I, I met friends for a lifetime in that and, and found so much more about Christ and, and in the end got to serve a lot of kids, which was awesome too. Yeah. Um, and so I would really say that then I, I moved back to back home, kind of struggling to find a church that I liked and to go to. And um, I think that's when I finally learned about what grace was and, and that it's not about right and wrong. It's about like having a relationship with Christ because we're sinful and we're going to be sinful. And um, like God knows that. And it, like, I'm not hiding anything from him. He knows who I am and what I do. And the only thing that I need to go to him is, is be humble and say, I can't do this on my own. Like I need you. Um, and and that that's it that's like a huge turning point i think in in my faith walk because there's a a, a preacher that i listened to a lot and, and he kind of transformed my ideas about what grace was and what what my walk is as opposed to what my walk isn't mm. um and so very appreciative to that that person and and helping me understand what like i was doing religion i wasn't yeah. being a christ follower like I was doing, doing that so I could get that. And, yeah. and in the end, it's, it's not that at all. It's, it's, it's following Christ because he made the world and knows how it works. And yeah. he's trying to help me be like more like him each and every day. And so I, I think that uh, obviously my faith journey is not done, but that was a huge turning point for me is, is just finding out what, what grace is and, and, and really what, um, what a, a faith faith walk is with christ as opposed to what it isn't yeah yeah it's yeah me thinking a few thoughts and something i think about a lot is jesus multiplying five loaves of bread and two fish to feed maybe fifteen thousand people and um when i think of that story and it's funny, like you said, <laughs> I went to Young Life to meet friends, essentially. <laughs> Not selfishly, to... way selfishly. Like, I right. wanted to find Christian, Christian friends. <laughs> yeah. But, like, God, he doesn't need, like, perfection, or he doesn't need much. Like, he needed two fish and five loaves. Like, God will take 
just what you have. And so it's not about having so much or having it all together. It's just like, hey, here's what I got. And uh, if I give it to you, you'll use it. And yeah. I think it even relates to what you said about being self-aware in your sport. Like, you just realize, like, okay, like, I'm good, but I'm not playing in the NFL. Like, I'm just literally not gifted to that level. So then you make the most out of what you are. Yeah. And even in our faith, it's just about saying, like, yeah, I can't, I can't inherently be good be better than i am bad because i know in my heart like i'm selfish and simple right so i just i need um it's self-awareness and it's freeing um also the other thing you said that got me thinking is um when we're growing up it's just it's like, okay, God, we equate God to a list of do's and don'ts often. But it's usually like, don't have sex, don't get drunk, don't kill anyone. Like Those are the big ones. Right. But it's funny just actually like reading the Bible is like, we don't talk that much about like, in this list is like love your neighbor love your enemies like like give be humble and uh put others above yourself like that's also like on the list so we just so often emphasize these certain sins and it's like yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't you know, I'm an advocate for waiting for marriage. Like, I think that's the best option spiritually and just socially and emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. But it's like God is way bigger than a list of a few do's and don'ts. And <laughs> I love that you put it in terms of relationship. Um being informed by that relationship of how I live every day. And that's, that's so good. I think like one of the things that I realized too, in terms of grace and, and, and like God is the, if, if we believe in Christ and believe in God, then like we believe that he is all knowing, all powerful and, and created the world. And in that then created the world in a certain way and how it should flow and work. And so like, if we go against like that flow, it's going to cause some problems. And so like, yes, it's a list of do's and don'ts, but it's not like a, a list to like bring you into begrudging submission. Like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this because you shouldn't do it. He's saying those things because he created the world and he knows how it flows best and he knows how like to, to create your joy the most. And so yeah. the list is for your joy, not your like, you're like, oh, this is terrible. Because he, again, he created the world. He knows how it should run. And so when those things are on the list, it's like, this is what leads you into life. Being selfless leads you into life. 
not having sex before marriage leads you into life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like not going too far in terms of drinking and smoking, like leads you into life because that's what he created. And so he knows what's going on. Now, the, the other part is like people do that. And, and the awesome part is he forgets those people. And so that's, that's something that I struggled with a lot is like, I have sin in my life and like, how can he still be like, he knows me and he's still saving me, which is a mind blowing thing Mm. is that he knows all the dirty things that I have in me, all the sin, all the, the, the lust, the, the anger, the, the, the like revenge that I want. He knows all those things and still chooses to save me in my worst self. And so like that creates like, oh man, I'm not worthy of this, but that's not like how he wants you to feel. He's like, I want you to know that you're my son still, my daughter. And that's super cool for me. And I think that's one of the bigger things that I've learned in the last couple of years of my walk is like, yes, we need to repent of the sin that we have in our life and, and be humbled by that because we're not perfect. And then also growing in the joy that he has saved me from that and that he's going to continue to save me from those things. And, and, and so like the humbleness and the joy kind of like back to back, because usually I get humbled and I'm just like down in the dumps and I'm like, I can't like, you know, I'm not worthy of this and, and I'm not, but it's not like he, he, like he's choosing me still. Yeah. So it's super cool to have that, like, okay, I, I need to be humble because I am sinful, but I also need to grow in my joy because he continues to save me from my sin and he still right. loves me. Yeah, and when you see yourself in that light, it frees you to see other people in that light. Like, uh, you don't, I don't need to be the one um, pointing out everyone's sin. And, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, if God looks at me, sees my sin, and loves me and saves me and enables me to have joy, I can look at other people that that same way and know. Life. It's so freeing that way yeah. for yeah. both you and the other person because then you're not out there judging people. It's like, oh, you, like go to God. I'm yeah. I'm not here to judge you. Like I'm not here to point the finger at you. Like you talked about. Like it's so much more freeing and. And, and able to live like again he's created a way in which the world should work yeah and it's not pointing fingers at other people <laughs> right. and so it just steals your joy when you do that right and it doesn't mean like okay i don't stick to my convictions or i don't stand for truth or you know if you ask like maybe i have some unpopular beliefs and if you ask me like i'll tell you the truth and love but yeah you don't have to be out banging everyone on the head like and the um what i love with the the rules made for you idea i always equate it to a basketball game and imagine in basketball you have out of bounds fouling traveling goaltending and if you didn't have those, the game would be chaos. It would terrible. not be, It'd be a fun. terrible game to watch. Nobody would want yeah. to play it or watch it. Right. So it's like the boundaries make it, and the rules are for the ultimate enjoyment of the game. And yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, when you start to 
see like God's ways that way, it's like okay, I I should follow this, like because and that's it's still the hard. Best. Yeah, and it's it's still hard even knowing that. And the other one, like with that too, is like I think as a kid and and as my personality type, I've always wanted it to be like perfect at stuff. Like everything's got to be just right. And I got to Like, I can't go to God until my heart is perfect. Mm. And and that's definitely not what it is. Like he wants you to come to him as you are. Like he talked about the fish and the loaves, like give, give me what you have and and I'll do it. Like it's me. Like I'm the all powerful one. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do this for you. And, and then within that is like, um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> uh Kyle, what was i gonna say oh oh yeah yeah. so so like trying to be perfect and then i think i wanted to be perfect so that other people wouldn't be like oh well he's doing that so if he's a christian and he's doing that like he's you know he's not a christian or like that's such a bad example of a christian and, and one of the things that the the pastor that i talked about that helped me with a lot is no you don't have to be perfect when somebody like says like oh man you're such a hypocrite. You, you profess that you should be kind and loving and you're not. And I'm like, man, that's, you're right. I'm not. And isn't it great that I have a God that still loves me and forgives me for those things. And so I think that took a lot of pressure off like who I had to be or like this persona that I, that I had, I think that I had created in terms of being like the good kid or like, I always do the right thing. And it's like, well, no, I, I don't like, I, I do bad stuff all the time. Like not, you know, like I, I sin all the time. And so realizing like the, the, the reaction to somebody saying that I'm a hypocrite isn't, no, I'm not. I do all the right stuff is, yeah, I definitely am. Man, I'm such a hypocrite. I like, I just talked about being happy and joyful and I was mean and angry. Like I'm yeah. definitely a hypocrite. Thank you for calling me out on that. Like, isn't it? And then the, the real reaction is, isn't it great that I have a God that still loves me? Mm. And so that was so freeing for me because I was like, I don't have to be this perfect person, this persona of, of a, a Christian, you know, like the Ned Flanders and Simpsons, like, oh, golly, gee, Williker. Like, no, it's not like that's not how life works. And, and so it was, it was super freeing to, to be able to have that, too. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and that's that's the big heart behind this podcast and stuff is like yeah you don't have to be Ned Flanders um, <laughs> tell me you younger hearers may not know who Ned Flanders is but he's like the typical nerdy like uptight Christian guy and like what what wasn't always communicated to me or maybe I just didn't see it was like I can love my sport and I can love God or like you don't have to God doesn't want to take away who you are he wants to take who you are and your gifts and then just align it with his purpose for your life and that's like that's you know, a big part of why I even started this podcast. And I want to transition and talk about 
you know, there are so many lessons that we learn playing sports. But this podcast is about how sports really help us in life. So if you could pick one sports lesson that you've seen overflow into your life, what would that be? Yeah, two things. Um, one, you, you kind of talked about like God doesn't want to change you. There's a famous quote by this 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 runner, and he talks about like when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Like He created you to have those gifts and enjoy the things that He's made, like baseball and football and basketball and soccer and tennis. Like those things, like He created for you and your joy. Anyway, um, I think the lesson that I've learned in sports, and and this comes from Bethel football stuff, is and, and Coach Jay. He always talked about giving your heart away for free, knowing that that in the end it might be broken. Um, and, and so what that means for me or what, what that meant for us is put everything you got into it, knowing that you might, at the end of the game you might lose. You might lose. Like your heart's going to get broken. Like you know that that's going to happen. Like you're not going to win them all. You're not going to fight every battle and, and, and win them. And so like giving your heart away for free, knowing that at the end you might get get it broken. Like you, and and because of the value of that giving it away, giving it away to your buddies, giving it away to the game, giving it away in the weight room, like that, that creates such a, a passionate like thing in you. And then, yeah, it might hurt real bad at the end. Like I cried at the end of my senior basketball and senior in football, like it hurt. But if I don't do those things, then it, it won't hurt. Like it, 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 it's almost not worth it. And so, Give your heart away for free, knowing the end it might get broken, um, and and that's a vulnerable thing to like put yourself out there to give yourself away to friends, to give yourself away to the game, to give yourself away to the work, and then in the end, maybe you don't get that starting spot, or maybe you don't get the the win that you wanted, or or win the championship. Um, and I think it's the same thing like in in relationships. It's the same thing in your job. Like not everything's always going to go your way. But it's so much more rewarding when you work hard at it, when you when you give yourself away. Like I remember <laughs> when, when I was a kid and thought relationships were super awesome and and dating people the like dating these girls and there's a girl that I dated and she crushed me. <laughs> she she like she uh, she broke up with me and through email and then also said that she had been seeing another person and I'm like oh my gosh and I was just like I was murdered and my dad was like maybe you shouldn't jump in as hard and I was like I I don't know another way to do it mm. like because if you don't like it then it then it does it doesn't feel like it's worth it the other person doesn't get to know you fully you don't get to reap the rewards if it does work out um and so I think that's 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 one of the the, the lessons that I've got from sports that has led me into life and, and even now, like we're like my, my first year being the head coach, we were in the, it was like, oh, nine, oh, nine, one and eight. We win our first game, my third year. I'm like, all right, we got it. And then we lost the next eight. And then we went three and three during COVID. And, and now last year we went four and four. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't change it. Like I put everything that I had. I wasn't like, oh, like we're going to lose. Like, so I'm not going to, like, I worked really hard. And, and probably as the year got longer, I worked even harder. And, and it was worth it. Like, I, I love doing it and I love pouring into kids. And, and so in the end, when the, the season was over, like, it, it, was, it was tough. Um, 
even though we hadn't won anything, like we like giving my heart away for free, knowing the end that it might get broken was, was a great lesson for me. Yeah. I was even, I was going to say, I love hearing you say that lesson in light of what you said about your record. Cause like, I'm sure you gave it all and, and went Oh nine. And like, <laughs> it sucked. That's, yeah, that's tough. But like, a, at the end of the day, you can be okay with that. Right. You know, no regrets. I did everything that I could. Yeah. And then if you do it that way, you see the progression, right? 0 and 9, 1 and 8, 3 and 3, 4 and 4. And it's like, it's not even about, you know, I talk a lot about like process over product. Like, oh, it's yeah. not about the product. Like, even if you commit to the process, like your product naturally will eventually catch up. Um, but even if it doesn't, you know, knowing that you gave it all is right. is where you can hang your hat for sure. Which is kind of which is kind of what John Wooden talks about is like doing your best to be your best, and and we define that as success in our football program is the worthy pursuit of a worthy goal. So we want to win our first game this year. We want to win our first game. Seniors want to win homecoming. They want to win the twin city district, which we're, we're in twin city district gold. And then they want to win their last game. And, mm. and we might lose those, but like the, the it, losing doesn't make you a loser mm. because if we define success as doing your best to be your best, so you've done everything you can to win. Well, the other team practices too. And so that was the, like, that's probably the second lesson that I've learned is like the other team practices too. You can do your best and, and still lose. And, and if you have done everything that you can, then you don't need to have regrets, mm-hmm. which is hard, but like, you don't like, you can look back and say, I did everything that I could. And they, they just beat us. Yeah. That's good. You're on the dear young athlete podcast. So you need to complete the statement. Dear young athlete, what would you say to to your players, to the younger Chris Pulford? Yeah. A big thing for me is identity. And so this is what I would say is, dear young athlete, your faith should allow you to play free on the field. Your identity is in Christ. So if you drop a pass or get an F on a test, that doesn't define who you are. You're a child of God. So go have fun. Be your best and know that you are defined by your faith and not how good you are at sports. Amen. <laughs> and go try and be your best. Do the best you can. Right. And know that that's, that's not your ultimate identity. So yeah. that's good. Any, uh, any last words for the people? <laughs> Uh, no, it's been fun talking to you, man. It was, it's good to connect with you again after so many years and thinking I was a, uh, a terrible coach. <laughs> and maybe I was and maybe I still am. And, and that's okay. And like you said there, I think going out there to do your best is, is all that you can do. And um, I think that's when, when you believe your identity in Christ is, is the biggest thing, then it's, then it's a lot less difficult to fail um, mm. because it's not who you are. Um, if you if you fail, it's it's that you're still a child of God, and 
in the end, he doesn't care if you dropped a pass. He just wants you. Mm. So. Amen. Well, that's a good word to end on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. Yeah, and, uh, it was fun. Yeah, anyone who listens, this will be um, definitely an encouragement and a resource for them. So thank you for sharing with us. Yeah. Peace. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Dear Young Athlete podcast. Make sure you check out our website linked in the description and find out how you could bring Dear Young Athlete to your team or your group. Check out our merchandise and use code ALLCAPSDYA20 and take 20% off your first order. Also, consider partnering with us on Patreon. You'll get regular discounts, you'll get exclusive content, and you'll be supporting a great movement. Wherever you're listening, make sure you follow and leave us a review. It really helps the algorithm and helps this podcast reach more people. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.